You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome into a week four Blue Wire podcast uh, joint collaboration between All Eyes on Cleveland, myself, Brad Ward, and of course the great Jake Burns in the OBR film breakdown like we always do about this time weekly. Here is your game day preview episode. Jake, how are we doing this evening? I'm great, Brad. Ready for some uh, some Sunday football. Pretty disappointing college slate. Some weird outcomes in the college game. Yeah, not some not some great games that we're accustomed to. But uh, yeah, ready for some NFL action this week, man, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the mini bye week uh, felt long. This felt like a really long week with the miles stuff and everything there. That uh, felt like a long week to me. It was an extremely long week, especially considering, as you know. You get the Thursday extra extra yes. stuff there, so um, you know you add that all up, and it is uh, it feels like a mini buy. They call these a mini buy for a reason, but with some weird stuff happening in the midst of it, it made it feel even longer and less enjoyable than it should have been. But nonetheless, a Sunday has arrived, and the Browns are down in Atlanta and uh, have an opportunity to get to three and one. A very good opportunity to get to three and one against a team that is trying to decide i think the falcons are trying to decide whether they're going to be real or not this year there's some teasing they're doing they've been in some games yes but i'm not ready to take them as seriously as some people are so uh, this this should be an interesting one I'm, I'm i'm really intrigued by it yeah so it's always interesting to get the perspective from the atlanta side right and of course uh you may have done this as well but i spoke to somebody that you know of course does their show and i was kind of like you know hey talk about the game like you would talk to your audience and they think this is very winnable with the you know with the browns defense banged up and stuff so just an interesting perspective view into atlanta's perspective they like their chances in this one i don't they, know about that but they do they should i mean i don't think any at least in this early slate before deshaun watson returns i don't think any team is very afraid of cleveland right now i mean sure they, they should be in a sense uh in terms of like can we figure out a way to stop how they run the rock but when the defense has been as disappointing as, as it has been at times in the start of the year and you know, Jacoby Brissett's the opposing quarterback. The, the, like I said, there just aren't many teams that should be afraid. So I, I know for a fact that Atlanta's looking at this as a very winnable game. And when you add Miles to the uh, injury list and now out for this game, you you definitely have a team that's hungry thinking they can win it. Does that ultimately happen? No, you don't know. The NFL's weird, right? But um, nonetheless, it should be a fascinating one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to it big time. It's a 1 p.m. start, okay? Uh, and we are in, of course... Mercedes-Benz, uh, so no weather, dome, there you go, that was no an weather, easy say. No. That, that, that's, an, that's the thing we all want for Cleveland someday, right? I mean, not all of us, I think there are quite a few people who would love who would love Cleveland to always be outdoors, but there's this, this belief that it's going to happen in the next 10 years because you got a stadium that's not used enough, right? And if you have a dome, you get championship games and you get all the NFL slate and uh, concerts sure. and a whole bunch of other stuff where are you on dome or no dome for the browns uh in the in the future retractable roof Got like it. do it do it right like do it uh 
Yeah, do it like uh, who who has done it really well recently with the retractable stuff? That's a good question. I think is Min- Indy retractable? Minnesota? I think Indy is retractable. I'm not sure if Minnesota is or not. I feel like Minnesota is not. They just have that glass that sun's always peeking through. But that's right. Um, that's what that is. Yeah. I feel like Indy's roof is retractable, but I could be wrong. I haven't studied up on this, but it would be nice to have that indoor outdoor option. Um, but man, I, I think you need to usher in a new era and go dome. I just do. I think that the outdoor stuff is fun and nostalgic and all of that, but it has never been something that has been in the last 25 years worthwhile. And I don't think it's going to really be worthwhile. I think, I think fans, if they could go watch games and climate controlled atmospheres, the minute you do it, having myself, having gone to several indoor stadiums collegiately and in the NFL, it's so, it's great. It's just yeah, really great. It is so big uh, difference. Different conversation down the line, but nonetheless, this is a a beautiful stadium down there in Atlanta that they'll be visiting. It, uh, very well done. It is, uh, and uh, so you can watch this game. Uh, it's a CBS game. Uh, you can also stream it on Paramount Plus if you have Paramount Plus, and and that's where the CBS games can be streamed every week. So, just a little note there. Uh, on the call in this one, a uh, little bit different. Beth Moens and Tiki Barber. Now, Beth Moens is, I believe, the way I understand this and the way I read it, uh, Jake is their substitute play by play person. For CBS, so and interestingly enough, she actually became the first woman to call a play-by-play game in the NFL or be the play-by-play person in the NFL game uh, back in 2017. And that 17, and that game was the Browns versus the Colts. Uh, so that's interesting. She also, by the way, is the first woman to call play-by-play in an NBA game uh, just last year. Yeah, should be. Uh, it's not an unfamiliar voice. It's not going to be usual. I think there were some games. I think Spielman had did had done some games uh, with with a uh, a female host uh, the last few years that I've come across. But yes, not a usual thing. So I I always, in my opinion, think it's good for the NFL to have more female voices uh, in important roles. And covering games is definitely one of them too. So um, yeah, I think it should be it should be a, a nice little change of pace from what we're accustomed to hearing. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Moens and Barber uh, and uh, on CBS 1 p.m. So we move on from that. No weather. Uh, let's get to the uh, degenerates uh, out there. Uh, Browns minus one is what I have, Jake. It, it's You can find it at one and a half, I believe, right now, but I believe mostly it's one. Um, and uh, the over-under, I have it 47 and a half. Sounds about right. Uh, the Browns, they think, are a better football team. You usually see a three-point swing for the team that's at home. So sure. if this game was in Cleveland, they'd be favored by a little more than three, you know, three and a half or four. So, yeah, I think it seems about right. The Browns are, I think, a team you'd feel a little bit more comfortable betting on here, but the Falcons' upside is enticing, and I think it's a it's a juicy line for people to pick both sides of it. Yeah, so, and then, uh, of course, our, our prop bets here uh, that we can, we can take a look at. Uh, some interesting ones, you know, Nick Chubb, we always look at, he's at 90.5 rushing yards, which is probably one of the higher ones, right? We've seen, um, I forget what he was at last week, I think it was in the 80s, but uh, they're they're uh, catching on to how good he is there. Uh, total receptions for Nick Chubb is one and a half. 
I would say too, Brad, to kind of piggyback, I think they're also telling you we recognize Atlanta's defense, run defense sure. is pretty bad. So sure. that number is indicative of not only do we believe Nick's playing really well, but we also believe that Atlanta doesn't stop the run and the Browns are going to run it a ton. So Nick will have a lot of opportunity. Uh, I still think that's a, that's a number I'd be interested in, that 90. Yeah. Number. Yeah. And so looking at the uh, receiving game, we'll get to Kareem here in a minute, but uh, the pass game. So they have uh, Brissett at 19 and a half uh, completions. Oh, that's interesting. I, I would maybe go the over there. I, I like that a little bit. That seems yeah. a little on the low side. Uh, it feels like a game, game that, that could get to the point that they have to use that, right? They, they yeah. eventually... Uh, one of these games are going to fall behind. It's just inevitable. They're going to fall behind and have to throw more than what they would like to throw. So this is one with the way Atlanta's offense playing and Miles not playing and perhaps Clowney and a lot of pieces that they need. It could be one that that happens. So it's not a bad bet to make. A couple that I find intriguing here, Jake, uh, Harrison Bryant over one and a half receptions and also uh, over 12.5 yards. I like, I think that, uh, we saw last week if the Seattle was very successful in using their tight ends against this Atlanta defense. So you can look at Njoku as well, who was at uh, after his uh, kind of coming out party last week. Um, and, and I think a lot of this depends on how teams play the Browns, certainly. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, over uh, or under three and a half receptions. Find the yardage here. Uh, but what do you think of those with the tight ends? Enticing. Atlanta's a heavy cover two, cover three team. They don't really run quarters much, and they have been vulnerable down the seams. Tight ends have gotten them several times, not just tight ends, uh, singular, uh, multiple guys within games. So, and and slot wide receivers as well. Jarvis Landry had a big week one. You know, Cooper Cup has his way with anybody, but um, Tyler Lockett also got a lot of slot action in week three. So, I think there are a lot of vulnerabilities inside the middle of that defense. So, both of those guys feel like a pretty good bet to me. Yeah, so the Njoku uh, receiving yards is 40 and a half. And to complement that with your wide receiver three, who interestingly enough, Jake, and I made a point of commenting this, pointing this out this week, the Browns have, uh, you know, gone away from, you know, wide receiver three by committee to David Bell getting the lion's share of those reps in, or those snaps, pardon me, in week three. So that's good to see, in my opinion. Uh, he is over under 10 and a half yards, which is a little spicy, as you would say. It is. There's going to be a game where he has four or five catches for 50 yards. And this, again, could be one of them because of what we've seen from their defense so far. Uh, run game we covered with Nick Chubb. And the other one that's always interesting is that I feel like they kind of uh, sell Kareem short on some of these uh, ones. Now, his receiving yards are 15 and a half here at FanDuel. Uh, and then he has a combined number as well. Uh, total rushing and receiving of 63 and a half, and that's Kareem Hunt. It's enticing. If that's you're saying Nick and Kareem get there to those numbers, you're saying that's a 150-yard rushing day. Pretty simple to see how that could happen, but I think I feel a little more comfortable betting on Nick's number than than Kareem's, but uh, it's not, It's again, it's not, a, it's not a bad number. I don't think he's gone to that 60 number all too many times when Nick is healthy simultaneously. So wouldn't be surprised, but I don't feel great about it. And lastly, we'll finish up with Brissett here. Last numbers uh, in, in the prop bet area here. To, uh, over under 210 and a half for total passing yards for Jacoby. And then another interesting one, especially the way he sneaked, QB sneaked, QB snuck the ball uh, last week. 
Uh, 12 and, uh, pardon me, 10 and a half is the rushing yard prop on Jacoby Brissett. I like it, man. He's been running for like four or five yards a couple times a game on top of that, too. So, um, I like that uh, one, too. I, I really like it. There's a lot a of good little spicy for the Browns. Yeah, I'm in it. A little spicy. All right. With that, we will take a short break. On the other side of this, we're going to hit our three keys. Uh, you're listening to Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown and Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we turn our focus towards three keys to victory for the Browns as they travel down south to Atlanta, uh, 1 p.m. Jake, uh, let's uh, let's get the. You want me to kick this one off right here, huh? Uh, get the uh, keys to victory under the way. My first one is going to be stopping the run. So, you know, not just stopping the run. That sounds obvious, but in this occasion, you know, Mariota has been turnover prone. And I feel like you want to make him beat you with his arm. Uh, and I think that that is pretty obvious. So uh, I think in this case, uh, they have an effective run attack. The Browns are missing some key pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So maybe you're going to see Delpit, John Johnson, whatever the plan is, drop down into the box and at least deter them from running the ball somewhat. Because uh, I think you're, you're leaning, you push them into turnover worthy plays if you can get Mariota dropping back. I agree. I agree. I think what you want to do to build off of that year stop run is then your pressure packages. My first key is you're not going to be able to get home with these four. I mean, I don't think Atlanta's running the, the best offense in the world, and I certainly don't think their offensive line is uh, uber talented, but they have Jake Matthews. They have some guys that have experience, and they're playing okay to start the year. So you need to come up with ways to get pressure through either manipulation of fronts and moving people around or bringing some extra guys from different areas of the field that Mariota maybe doesn't expect. So I think pressure packages, how many times Woods is willing to bring six or seven guys uh, is going to be fascinating to see if they can create some negative plays, because I feel like if they just sit seven drop and uh, you know, sit their, their, their simplistic three, four and six coverages and only bring four with Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas and Rochelle and, that's not going to be enough, man. It's really not. They're not going to win enough to control that. So while I believe the pass coverage element is going to be massive for them, how they cover people all across the field, uh, they have to get creative with ways to get pressure on the quarterback. That's that's a 100% must in this game because they just don't have the guys to do it in uh, sort of on their own. Yeah, and to your point, a, a stat that points that out here that I thought is worthwhile to mention, Jake, 43 of 54 pressures uh, this season have come from uh, Miles Clowney, Brian Walker and Winovich all not available. So that's uh, 43 of 54 not available of your pressures total this year for the, from the Browns defense. So concerning, concerning. Have man. to dial so, some stuff up potentially. Yep. Yeah, be cre- guys have to play over expectation or they got to be creative. It'll be interesting to see what they think is the best route to go on that. All right, uh, excellent point there, uh, Jake. Uh, I'm going to say uh, time of possession as my second uh, key here, and, and you know. 
Browns do this really well. You can play keep away here a little bit, right? So uh, if they are playing the way that they want to and running the ball successfully, um, you know, take your shots when they're there. But uh, control the time of possession, I think, is actually really key here because their offense is explosive and uh, you don't have your A defense out there. So uh, I think any amount of time that you can control the ball in this game is advantage Browns. It's a it's a formula. That's my second one, man, is the formula that they have been using has been, like you said, time of possession tilted in their favor by about a third. Right. That means maybe 25 minutes to year 35 minutes or something of the sort. Yeah. And uh, plays. Right. Can you get to 70 plays, keeping the opposition in the 50 play range? And from that usually stems rushing yards. So that's the formula. High efficiency passing game in terms of you don't have to throw it a ton, but be effective when you do throw it. Don't have to have a massive uh, average distance of target downfield, but you got to be catching everything that you're throwing. So you can't have a 10 of 21 throwing game. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to be good enough. They have to be a 16, 17, 18 of 21 type of team throwing the rock. So efficient throwing the football in the short portions of the field, uh, run the football effectively, which thus gives you more plays than the other team. And thus obviously gives you more time of possession and you don't turn it over. That's the formula. Continue to follow that formula keeping Atlanta's offense on the sideline as much as you can because that defense is not very good. They could overperform. They could have a nice game. I'm not saying Atlanta doesn't have talent. I mean, they got some guys, Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell, Richie Grant. They got some players, but they they certainly have found some struggles. They've got vulnerabilities. So hopefully the Browns can keep themselves on the football field quite often. Totally agree. Huge part here of the game. Uh, I'm going to go to my last uh, key here, Jake, and my last key for this one is, you know, I want to say – it sounds obvious right play a clean game but i'm going to look more towards like special teams and penalties here like play a clean game in that this is a game where if you don't have a special teams gaffe or you and you don't get behind the sticks and you let your run game do its job you should be in it in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win uh if not better better than that you know that's worst case scenario for me if you don't shoot yourself in the foot so uh that's where i'm at with this and i think that's huge because they've done a really good job with penalties so far for the most part special Mm -hmm. teams has been here or there so you know let's get that cleaned up a little bit to the most uh to the best of their ability and and uh i think that they have a good chance to win on sunday agreed i think they they should they should certainly that kind of sticks to my formula process right there is they've been making other teams beat themselves and the browns have been staying out of their own way so my last thing's red zone, both sides. It's who scores the most touchdowns given opportunity is going to be the key to me. Um, you know, if you're able to hold Atlanta to field goals, because I think Atlanta will move the ball. I think if you can hold them to field goals, you have a really good chance to have a nice outcome. Uh, but, but if your offense is the one kicking field goals as well, I get a little nervous about that. So I think when we look back at this, uh, we're going to look back and say, okay, you know, which team was able to to maximize their red zone opportunities. Yeah, maybe Atlanta moved the football really well, but they didn't have much success inside the red zone, right? Because they kicked maybe three field goals and, and one touchdown. That changes the outcome of a game. So I will be heavily focusing on red zone defense because, like I said, I do expect Atlanta to move the ball well. I'll also expect Cleveland to move the ball well, but it's who actually ends up putting the football in the end zone. Uh, who who ultimately win this game because those opportunities I don't I don't I really don't see either team turning the ball over all too much I don't so I, I just think it's who maximizes those opportunities down there and I should say Brad uh, before we close here Cleveland all-time series there's a lot of these I look at and it's not pretty but the all-time series Cleveland Atlanta 12-3 Browns over the course of 
The first meeting in 1966, most recent meeting in 2018, Browns have won four of the last five. We all remember the run William run game in Cleveland. That was 02, uh, 06. They go to Atlanta and win 17, 13. They lost in 2010, 20 to 10, but the most recent two games, these two have played 2014, 26, 24 Browns uh, and that nice season for the Browns. And then the 2018 rebound season, uh, they won that game at home. 28-16, that was a long, I think like a 97, 98-yard Nick Chubb touchdown run in that one to kind of seal yes. it in the third quarter. So Browns have had a lot of success against the Falcons. Their only three losses, though, have come, uh, two of their three losses have come win going to Atlanta. So, um, but yeah, 12-3 and all-time against the Falcons, and that's a pretty good number. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's, you know, they don't play each other very often, but when they do, you know, uh, the Browns have done well. And, and I do remember that Nick Chubb long run, obviously, and what would have been his rookie season, I believe. Right, Jake, I think. Yep, 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 right. yep, for sure. Uh, anything else you want to hit us with here before we get out of here? I don't think so. Should be a fun game. I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, I, I should say, too, I have not made this announcement. It just kind of came through the pipe today, so I'll make sure to put it on Twitter here on Sunday morning, is that the playback that I do company uh, watch playback the party we do for the game is off so the nfl they found they're at an impasse the nfl has not been able to work it out the contracts of those are not going to happen until those two come to an agreement so if you're accustomed to watching the game on playback that is uh dunzo so uh check out uh, the pre and post game at the obr that's where i can be found and i'll talk to you guys through the game on twitter yeah, that's unfortunate. I saw that too, Jake. But uh, yeah, definitely tune into the OBR and uh, all of their stuff, pre, post game, Twitch, all of that. Uh, uh, they are doing an excellent job over there, as always. Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown. My name is Brad Ward. Enjoy the game. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Jake's full coverage, and I will do the same at All Eyes on Cleveland. We appreciate you listening. Go Browns. We are out.